Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 338 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is the Chief Cloud Operations Officer at OneStream, having previously held leadership positions in areas including data center operations, service desk, enterprise architecture, and service delivery. His passions lie at the intersection of technology, science, and nature but he gets his in-office adrenaline rush leading collaboration discussions or presenting to a customer. So it's my absolute pleasure to welcome to the podcast, Mark Angle. Thank you, Phil. It's great to be here. Mark, obviously that's a brief introduction, but it would be very helpful, I think, to get an understanding of OnStream and particularly your role of Cloud Operations Officer. Sure. So I've had a uh, quite a varied career history, uh, which has taken me through a, a lot of different areas of information technology over the years. And I found myself here at OneStream Software, where it's, it has been very much a startup environment uh, up until more recently, where we're, we're a high growth company at this point. Um, and my role here is right now um, head of uh, all of our customer support and basically all of our customer operations, all of the hosting of the software software that we do for our customers. Right, okay, so is there a specific um, niche or, or particular offering that, that OnStream have in terms of software? Um, OneStream software uh, corners itself in the CPM market. So a lot of technologists will not know what CPM might mean. Um, it's corporate performance management. It's really the the intersection of data for the office of the CFO. So think uh, consolidation and close of financials, uh, financial planning, and also things like operational analytics and, and other data-related um, issues in the office of the CFO. Right. Okay. Great. Fine. Um, so, Mark, I think we'll start with maybe, can you ask us, or sorry, I'll start that all over again. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, can you maybe give us a career tip, one that the audience may not be aware of and perhaps should be? Sure. One of the things that I've really relied on in my career uh, that served me well, um, I didn't learn it until later in my career, but was to learn more than what you need to. Uh, I think that in order to do your job, there's a certain amount where you need to meet the bar. Uh, I think that going above and beyond that helps everybody. So think uh, learning more business books, learning more coding languages, learning more areas outside of whatever your spe- specialty might be. Right. Okay. So there is a phrase I often hear, and and um, I don't know if you've come across it, but the this concept of a T-shaped consultant. So is that what you're referring to, where maybe somebody has an in-depth knowledge in one area, but needs but has a broad understanding across multiple disciplines or different areas? Absolutely. So I think that really, in order to be a quality person in both business and technology, you need to know a lot uh, about maybe one thing or two things that you're really good at if you're going to be a specialist. Uh, But you need to know a little bit about a lot, right? So I've gotten to where I am by knowing, uh, in a general sense, about business and technology all around. 
that's helped me whether I was uh, in a specialist role or now that I'm over a lot of different things. Right. Okay. And I, I, just one point I think that you touched on there in particular is the fact that there's this this need to be or have an understanding across both business and technology. So do you feel that's become more important over time? I do, absolutely. So obviously technology is something that's newer when you look at the the grand scheme of things over hundreds of years of people of doing business. But technology now is so integrated into everything that we do in business that you can't be just relegated to the back room uh, coding or managing a network or whatever it is that uh, you're doing in technology. You really have to understand how the business works and how technology can work for the business to be effective for the business. We Technology exists not just for the sake of technology. It exists so that we can enable the business. It does, absolutely. Um, and one other thing that, that often comes up in conversations is about the fact that now companies because of the proliferation of technology that's out there companies are almost technology companies by default and the business is integrated more with that technology stack do you see what i mean do you see that from where you are with your customers Absolutely. It's actually funny. We have uh, some of the largest customers in the world here at OneStream, uh, but we find that a lot of our customers call themselves technology companies when in reality, we might think of them in the public eye as uh, a credit card company or a shipping company or a, a retailer. Behind the scenes, in order to get to be a high growth or, or large company or large market cap company, you really need to have your technology game in order. And we find that the the folks who really understand technology, not just from making the the, the standard printers and servers and, and laptops and things work, but enabling their business to get a, a an edge in whatever their market is, those are the ones who are really floating to the top. Yeah, great. Okay, fine. So, Mark, can you share with us your worst career moment and what you learned from that experience? Oh boy, I have had a lot of bad career moments. So anybody who's who's spent a, a long time in technology can probably tell you some horror stories. I think that one of the worst ones uh, was um, when I was managing a group of engineers and we had a, a laboratory environment where we had a, a laboratory network set up and some servers and switches and routers and so forth. And uh, it was a newer environment. We had recently installed a, a new IDF in, inside of there. And one of the engineers had set up some of the, the patch cabling to, to make the IDF work. Um, there was a, a router and a switch in there. And nobody had labeled anything yet. So I thought I would be helpful as the manager and go in and, and plug some of the patch cabling in. Well, little did I know that someone had not set up spanning tree correctly on the network. Um, and anybody who knows about networking knows that you can really do some some bad things in a, in a large corporate network um, with just plugging into the wrong spot. And of course, that's what I did. Um, I plugged into the wrong spot, not knowing because nothing was labeled. And I did what's called looping the network. Um, it basically for not just the building that I was in, not just the room that I was in, but for a, a large corporate network over the course of o- over all of the United States, I took down uh, networking for about five minutes uh, for the entire company, which was a pretty awful moment. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's, it's one of those instances, though, where you thought you were doing something 
something that was going to benefit other people, presumably, and of course, without knowing the the implications of what what you were doing. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where anybody who's been in technology understands that sinking feeling that you get in your chest when you suddenly realize that you're the cause for some large outage. Uh, and then you scramble as quickly as possible to try to remedy that situation. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of what you took away and learned from that experience, were there any le- key lessons for you? <laughs> absolutely. Uh, one is to never do things without knowing all of uh, what behind the scenes is going on. Uh, two is to trust your people to do things and, and let them go in the uh, methodical order that they had laid out as opposed to trying to interject yourself uh, thinking that you know better than the, the folks who are working with you or for you. Yeah, very good. Okay, so maybe something a little bit more positive. Can you tell us about your <laughs> career highlight? Yeah, I really think that that my highlight of my career has been getting into the position that I'm at here at OneStream. I've, I've viewed uh, my career from really a, working up the, the traditional ladder, right? I started at the bottom um, in tech support and have worked my way up to where I'm at right now. And when you get to the, the point of working at a technology company, a software company like I am, uh, and getting to work with all of the awesome people, whether it be in uh, sales or development or IT, uh, all of the different pieces of the business, the, it's sort of a, a crowning moment to be able to be in this position. And I, I'm really proud to to say that I work with all these folks. Yeah, absolutely. In terms of the sort of the growth, and I, and I know I understand from from re, obviously reading a bit about you and your in your profile, but obviously your role has grown as, as the company has expanded as well. So where do you see that going? It has, it has. It's funny when you come into what you would call a quote unquote startup, right? You, you, it depends on what stage they are, but you come in sort of underneath what your capabilities are, right? Uh, For me coming into one stream, I came in and I sat down and I started uh, managing backups and, and active directory groups again, which is something I hadn't done for a few years. And you do that because you, you don't have any really uh, real staff to, to deal with, and you're starting to build something from scratch, essentially. Um, when I first came into OneStream, I think we had less than 100 customers overall, um, and we had just started our what we call our, our cloud offering, right? Building things into the public cloud. Um, and that is something that I have taken from about 10 or less customers that were doing the cloud experiment that that I call it when I came in to now hundreds and hundreds of customers, um, that were running in an actual SaaS environment. And that progress from the typical on-premise, you know, sell the software, have them install it on their servers, um, the old style way of doing things to now more of a modern SaaS way of doing things using public cloud that you can uh, scale on demand um, and everything that goes with that is really exciting. And I I can sit here today knowing what the future for our company is, being in the back room and, and talking about uh, what the architecture will be on the whiteboard. And it's just nothing but exciting. Uh, when you can build into the public cloud uh, that dynamic scaling that you look at that's possible and really trying to get the best bang for the buck, not just for one stream, but also for all of our customers to give them the best price point possible uh, at the best performance possible. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that that takes us very nicely into the next question, actually. So 
Mark, what, what excites you about the future of careers in, in IT? There's so much, Phil. I there, as you have had other guests mention, uh, there are so many different facets to IT these days. Everything from what I'm doing and, and running uh, part of a business and a software company um, to traditional uh, data center or server or network management uh, or desktop support, tech support, all of those are just blooming out of control, quite frankly. And you can come into technology these days, and as opposed to when I started, where you really had to, to get your hands dirty um, and learn everything from basic cabling to, you know, get your A-plus certification, things like that. Uh, you can jump in now. Things are so much easier. And I don't want to say that things are easier for people, but it's easier to get started. Um, there's, there, there are great things out on the web uh, that allow you to just jump in and start putting code out there. Um, the the interface that is on all of our desktops or laptops uh, is so much easier to use, and there are, there's so much more variety uh, for people to be able to jump into, not to mention the mobile devices that we're all walking around with and all of the applications that, that uh, are loaded on those and the capability that's put into their, our pockets. There, the the amount, the breadth of technology that's out there is just exciting for everybody to be able to come in and learn at least a slice of that. Is if not to to deep dive um, and go all the way to let's say a, a hardcore full stack developer or uh, you know uh, somebody who's going to code in machine learning or something like that, a, a data scientist. Like uh, if you want to get into technology. I can't think of a better time to do it. Yes, exactly. You you beat me to the question at the end, so that's a great response, yes. <laughs> so, Mark, we're going to go into the reveal round now. Um, so we're going to find out a little bit more about the way you think. So you ready for this? Sure, let's go. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? It's funny. Uh, I started out in high school, actually, uh, in electronics, uh, repairing TVs and VCRs, learning how to run a radio station, doing residential electricity, things like that. And I sort of fell backwards into IT. It was one of those things that I found out that I was really good at. I didn't think that I would be interested in it. But once I got my hands dirty a little bit and I, I got my hands on a keyboard, it was amazing the places that it could take me. And it was one of those things that had a really low barrier to entry. And I think that was the thing that, that really enthralled me about it. Yeah. What is the best career advice you've ever received? The best career advice I've ever received is to stay on the bleeding edge, right? Um, you, if you sit still in technology, then you are losing, right? Even if you are somebody who... Uh, still works on a mainframe system and writes COBOL or um, is still in the guts of pulling cable through the walls or, uh, you know, patching copper down, you you can be really good at a job like that, but still keep your eye on what's the latest thing coming out. So if you're a developer, learn, learn Python or learn uh, the latest JavaScript framework. Um, you know, if, you, if you're a networker, you know, set yourself up a, a, an account in AWS or uh, Azure or something and start to learn virtual networking. There, there's so much opportunity to uh, learn more in your free time 
and take yourself forward in the event that you ever want to be. It will even make you better at what you do today. Yeah, exactly. And what is the worst career advice you've ever received? Oh, the worst career advice I've ever received is to uh, take a job that uh, was going to take me nowhere, right? Um, and it's sort of the inverse of the the question I just answered, which is that if you take a job that's um, very stable, but it doesn't seem to be going much of anywhere, uh, that might be good for some personalities. For me, I always want to be moving and changing and growing. Uh, and, and that's what's really going to get you ahead. If you take a job that's very stable at a very stable, large company, that might be great uh, until the next economic downturn or the next problem that that company has. And then all of a sudden you find yourselves in the market with stale skills and it can be very difficult. Yes, that's true. Yep. And if you were to begin your career again in today's world, what would you do? It's funny, after I've now been a part of two different software startups in my career, and if I had to go back and start again, for me, uh, this is certainly not the case for a lot of people in technology, but for me, I would go out there and start uh, a new technology company. I would do a startup of my own. Right. I really enjoy that cross-section of technology and business. Um, that's one of the things that's the most exciting for me. And to be able to go out there and build a technology business um, that that's very exciting. So I would love the opportunity to do that. Okay. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Well, we have a lot going on here at OneStream. So the objectives I have personally really align with the objectives for the company. Um, and that is continued rapid, rapid growth uh, for OneStream software, um, gaining a foothold in our market, expanding our market beyond just the office of the CFO into more operational planning and data analytics, things like that. Uh, but also trying to figure out where the limit uh, is of my capability. You know, I've, I, like I said, I came from uh, the bottom, which was, you know, just answering calls on my mouse isn't working, um, all the way up to uh, running the, the departments that I do right now. I'm, you know, I want to keep learning. I want to learn more about finance. I want to learn more about sales. Um, I, I know a lot, but there's always, always more to learn. So I want to see what the limit of my own personal capabilities are. Good. Okay. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? I mean, you can probably guess that from a lot of what I've said so far on this, uh, this podcast, but it's basically that business knowledge, right? Yeah. That's one of the things that I found the most valuable was being an IT architect uh, for the period that I did that in my career, learning about architecture, um, learning about service delivery uh, when it came to delivering IT, uh, both with an ITIL framework and just generally being able to align with what the business does and, and delivering that technology advantage, listening to the the customer, whether it be an external customer or an internal customer, and, and finding out what they truly want, what they truly need, and helping to deliver that, it was extremely valuable as opposed to just living in the bits and the bytes. Trying to bridge that gap was 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 great for me. And what do you do to keep your own career energized? Well, uh, training, uh, training certifications, learning in books. Um, I've read a lot of business books this year. 
Um, I just last year um, took a, a training and, and privacy certification so that I can do more with uh, our legal contracts, um, expanding myself into areas that are sort of tangential to technology while still being the technology expert in the room and helping attorneys, sales folks, uh, finance folks, other people within the business to uh, have somebody who understands their world, but also understands the technology and bringing that there. Yeah. And what do you do in your spare time away from technology? Well, it's funny. A lot of folks who work in technology, they'll say, well, honestly, when I go home, I'll set up a, a server and I'll play with a, a, a network or I'll work on, you know, starting to write my own code. I'm one of the the oddballs that I've worked uh, for a lot of years in technology. And when I go home, I try to put as much distance between me and technology as possible. Um, I'm very much an adrenaline junkie. I love to spend time in the outdoors, um, but I really love to fly airplanes. I, I own my own small airplane, a Skyline. Um, and I, um, have a commercial pilot's license and, uh, I like to, to fly around and, uh, just enjoy, uh, sort of some backcountry airports and, um, getting a view from, you know, 5,000 feet in the air. Yeah. That's slightly different to technology. Definitely. Um, so how, <laughs> how often do you manage to go and do that? It's funny. Uh, in the summertime, obviously there's a lot more opportunity to go flying when the weather's nicer. Yeah. Um, I try to do it at least, uh, once a week if ever possible, Usually I try to get to at least once or twice a month uh, with my busy schedule, but uh, I, the, the, the parallels between uh, aviation and learning how to fly an airplane and, and in the weather system, air traffic control, all of those skills that are required to do something like that transfer very well into being a technology professional. professional. So it's funny uh, there are actually a lot of people who work in technology that are also pilots. Yes, yes. I've had a few people on who've uh, who've uh, got a pilot's license. So yes, it's obviously something that, that um, maybe attracts people within our industry, possibly. So yeah. I think it does. I think it does. And, and Mark, can you provide or give us a parting piece of career advice? You know, it's a lot of what I've already said, right? It's it's making sure that you continue to learn, uh, stay progressive, and keep your eyes open. If if there is an opportunity that presents itself in your life in, uh, to learn more about technology, uh, or it's something that may not seem like it's exactly what's going to get you where you want to go, but it might get you a leg up in the interim, take the opportunity. Take take the chance on something Take a gamble. Don't always take the safe bet. Uh, you'd be surprised what could come out of it. Oh, very good, yes. And, and Mark, how can we find out more about you and connect with you? Well, I mean, I'm available in all the typical ways. I have profiles on LinkedIn under Mark Angle. Um, I also have a Twitter account under at uh, LILRKT, which is sort of a mix of uh, my personal and, and professional musings on the side. Um, uh, I also have accounts on lots of other social media, but I'm available out there just about anywhere. And I'm of course on the, the one stream software website as well. Great. Mark, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Phil. Hi, Phil here again. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with today's guest. You can find full show notes on the website at itcareerenergizer.com slash e and the number of the episode you've been listening to. 
If you haven't already subscribed to the show, please make sure that you do so that you get episodes automatically downloaded to your device every Monday. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.